0: Well, good morning. We are continuing in our 2030 series. And, uh, and we're going to be diving in again. In fact, I've got my whiteboard and my... Um, my cool handwriting. I hope maybe if you've been following this series, you're enjoying uh, probably at home critiquing my handwriting or uh, maybe making fun of it. Hopefully not. Uh, You know, I'm doing my best. But, uh, you know, we are thinking about this whole idea, search. How do we create the future? And one of the things we've looked at on the old trusty uh, timeline, we got 2020 right here. In the future is 2030. Now, here's what I know. This is, uh, we're going to get a little scientific for a moment here. I hope that's okay. Uh, Newton has three laws of motion, I believe. Probably a science teacher will tell me I'm a little incorrect in this, but I found it online, so it must be true. Um, uh, But one of Newton's first law of motion is that an object in motion will stay in motion unless it's acted on by an outside force. So one of the ideas that is something will stay in a straight line unless there's an outside force that acts on it. Something has to uh, act and push, otherwise things just continue the direction that they're going. So, when we think about creating the future, this is what we know. Uh, time is moving forward. We're moving towards 2030. And all of the things that are sort of, is this is where we are today, the things that are a part of our world right now, they will continue just kind of going as they are unless there is some outside force that acts on it. And this explains a lot about how our lives work. This is how a lot of things happen. What we've seen in this series is that we believe. That God has a different future than just the kind of default, this is what will happen future for us. We saw it in the first week with the rich young ruler. Jesus had a different, better, greater future for him. But it was going to be a little too uncomfortable to get there. Last week we saw that there is this vision God has for his church. That, uh, that the essence of which has always got to stay the same. And sometimes we, we, we kind of want to just bring it down and make it easier. But God has a vision that we have to hold on to. So what we believe is that God has. We're gonna call it our, we're gonna call it our great, glorious future. That that we've got twenty thirty GGF hashtag GGF. You know you might uh like that uh, that just happened just right now. It'll be trending by tonight. Anyway, but this great glorious future is the future that is not just what will happen by itself. This is that future that is gonna take outside force. It takes actually engaging the process of not just letting the future happen, but creating the future. And so we've seen these things about it. We've seen that in this kind of great glorious future God has for us, it will be uncomfortable perhaps to get there. It won't just come easily. We've seen that included in this future for uh, the church is that we must look at how we live up to the vision the scriptures give us for the church. And today what we're going to look at is, okay, if this is it, if it's up here, you know, that... That great glorious future is up here. How, what are the forces we need to apply kind of in here so that we don't just land here, so that we could land here? And here's what I hope is that this will be helpful for you as well because we're looking a little bit in the context of who we are as a church and what God has for us, but these are things that are just true of how God has created you. When you think about where do you want your life to land in 2030, These are going to be some of the things that will help you actually create that future, not just let it happen to you. So I'm going to give you today, we're going to look at three. And also, I'm making up this diagram. I've never drawn this before, but I hope it's coming out good. And I hope that you give me a gold star for my drawing, just like we were in art class or something. That'd be great. Maybe give me a a gold star today, I hope. But here are uh, three things that we're going to look at today that are absolutely critical to creating the future. And the first one is this is we're going to think about how we can speak this future into being, how we speak it into being. You know, Genesis chapter 1 uh, says this. This goes right back to the very beginning of the Scriptures, the very first words, the very first time where uh, we come to understand God in the Scriptures, start to see who He is. Uh, Genesis 1.1 to 3 says it this. In the beginning, God created, God created the heavens, and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You know, this verse is so well known uh, around the world. Wherever your experience of faith is, we've probably heard these words. Let there be light. Do you know in the scriptures, when we first see God, what is God doing? God is creating. There's this word there, this Hebrew word for kind of the formless and and void is this Hebrew phrase, tohu vavohu. And sort of this beginning of the scriptures picture that kind of there is nothingness and, and there's just kind of this chaos and darkness, but into that God speaks and he says, let there be light and, and bang, there is light. And in his words, in his speaking, God speaks into being, everything this the story of the creation that comes in Genesis 1 he, he speaks and things become he says let there be land he separates water from he just he speaks and it becomes and in this moment when he says let there be light and in this instant he speaks the universe and all the future into reality he speaks and My future and yours and the possibilities, all of it becomes a reality. You know, God, when we meet him, he is a creating God. This is exactly where it starts, when he created the world. And the way he creates is he speaks those realities into being. Now, here's the thing, obviously you and I know we are not God and we can't just say something and it physically appear. But what we also know from the scriptures is you go through Genesis 1 and 2 and, and it tells the story of how God created people. It says that when he created us, he created us in his image, in his likeness. He made us to be uh, like him. And what I think we sometimes miss is this, is that God has given us, and as, as we are created in his image, he's given us tremendous capacity to create futures with our speaking as well. Our words and the words we speak and choose to use, with our words, we create the future. We create our own futures. Our language is like architecture that is always building the future. And the question is, what kind of future do you build with your words? You see, what I want to suggest to you is that life will go this way It will happen in a straight line unless you apply a force to your experience of life. And the first force that we see in the scriptures that we've got to apply if we want to create a different future is this force, this power of the language we use. It's our speaking. So we'll say, we're going to, we'll do this. We'll make a little arrow. Boom. And the first force is our speaking. What we speak will have tremendous power to determine where we go. There's a a great book called Three Laws of Performance, and in it the authors talk about uh, these two different kinds of, of speaking. The first kind of speaking, they talk about the first kind of language we can use is what's called descriptive language. Now, when we think about life, we can just use descriptive language. Descriptive language does exactly what you might expect. It describes what is happening. We just talk about what is happening. Now, this is maybe the most common kind of language that we have to use. But if you only ever describe what is happening, then you will just stay with what's happening. But they talk about a second kind of language, and it's called generative language. Generative, beginning, creating. You think of even Genesis. Generative language is language that is actually based in the future that helps you through your language to create new future realities. What does it look like in your life? Is your language, if you were to ask yourself this, do you speak more in descriptive ways about your life or do you speak more in generative ways about your life? Because when you speak of just describing and describing, if it has a dark side, The dark side of describing is probably just complaining. Have you ever noticed how easy it is to complain? To complain about something. To use language that describes perfectly how bad or less than adequate something is. That is easy. And that is why things continue in the pathway they are. Because if all we ever do is describe, if all we ever do is complain, we never open up a new future possibility. But what we see God do he speaks possibilities. You know, when Jesus, we see Jesus do this. Jesus meets Simon, son of Jonah, and he's getting to know him. He's called him. Simon is following him and learning from him. Simon's kind of known for being, you know, kind of two steps forward, one step back kind of guy. Sometimes he says the wrong thing, does the wrong thing, but he's always kind of going forward. And Jesus looks at him at one point and says, you know what, Simon, son of Jonah, you are going to be Peter. You are going to be a rock. You are going to be rock solid. Now the guys around Simon, son of Jonah at that time might have thought this dude, a rock, like he is... He is back, he is forward. Sure, he's one step onto the water, but a moment later, he's fallen in it. Like this guy is, I don't know, like he's got potential, but a rock, Jesus? When Jesus says, you will be called Peter, you will be called a rock, he's speaking a new future into being. He's creating a different possibility. He's going, Simon, your life was always on this trajectory. That's where it was. But I'm telling you, I see a different future. And as I call you a new name, I'm speaking that future and that reality into being. He opens up a whole new set of possibilities. Let this sink in. Our words, the words we use, our speaking, it, it, in the scriptures it says that we hold with our tongue the keys of life and death. What we speak has tremendous influence on the realities we either create or just keep on kind of describing our way into What would it look like in your life to begin to speak new realities into being? Now, here's the thing, as I said, uh, you know, uh, we are not God, so we don't just kind of speak and something exactly happens, but yet we realize this principle is at play in us. But there's another principle that we've got to layer on top of this. We're going to look, first of all, if we're going to kind of move this direction, we have to speak the future into being was is the way we speak and think about 2030 and what's going to go on there but i want to give you a second force that we have to actually apply if we want to create a genuinely new and different future and we're going to call this force love i want you to wrap your mind around this for one moment that we actually have to love the future into being and here's what i mean by that Ephesians chapter 5 gives us this great picture. And it's a picture of husbands and wives. So it's a picture of human relationships and how they operate and function. And then it's also a picture of how the relationship between Jesus and his church functions. And so Paul, the writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is trying to help us understand a really important principle for how relationships work. And he says this in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 he says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her the church Jesus did this to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present him her to present her the church to himself as a radiant church a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now, here's what uh, I, I want to see. We're talking about this whole idea of love. How do you love the future into being? It says, Jesus loved the church. It says, husbands, you should love your wives. And how should you do that? What's the go-to here? What does the action of love look like? Well, look to Jesus, because Jesus loved the church. And he says, uh, how do we know Jesus loved you? He gave himself up for you. He went to the cross for the church. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are part of his church, and you need to know he gave himself up for you, laid down his life, sacrifice. And over and over, the New Testament helps us understand that love is not this kind of nice feeling we have towards someone. Love is sacrifice. Love is laying your own life down for the sake of another And here, what's really fascinating is because it says that Jesus laid his life down for the church, and it says he's going to present her as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Some translations say faultless. Now, I want you to think about this just for a moment. When was the last time you heard someone say, you know what I love about the church? Absolutely faultless. So good. Church, absolutely blameless, absolutely just radiant, absolutely without blemish or wrinkle or just the church is just, you know, just faultless. Now you've probably never heard those words. And what's fascinating is this. Did Jesus, this, what this is helping us see is when Jesus looks at the church, That's how he describes the church. He sees differently than we see. He doesn't just look at the church as the church is. He looks at the church as the church could be. He looks at the church as he created her to be. And so when he loved the church and sacrificed himself for the church and laid down his life for the church, did he do that when the church was perfect and blameless and faultless? No. So here's what I want us to see. Here's the fascinating thing about loving a new future into being. It was Jesus' act of love and sacrifice, not at the moment for who the church was, but for the moment of who the church could be. Jesus laid down his life, not going, you are, this is kind of, but Jesus said, I see. In fact, I see it because I know it and I created, but Jesus like, I know who the church is called to be. And so though she is not yet radiant and blameless and stainless and faultless, I choose now to lay down my life for her. He loves the church into being who the church is called to be. Now why this is so powerful because this will change your relationships as well. Because what we're seeing here in Ephesians 5 is Paul saying, "This this is how to love each other. This is how to love people. Husbands, this is how to love your wives. Don't Love your wife for just kind of with this lens on or focus of who they are now. But when you look at your wife, you need to see who God created them to be. You need to, you know, the church, as it says here, the church, radiant and blameless. Do you know what? I hope at some point in your life, you probably caught a glimmer. If you're connected to a church or connected to our our church here at True North, or you just have looked out in the world, you'll know this. Throughout history, there are glimmers and hints of the radiant bride the church can be. Even even today, gathered online, uh, just in our little pocket of the church at True North, there are glimpses of the radiance of who the church is. we lifted our voice together in praise of Jesus and focus and selfless thought of him. People are giving selflessly and offerings and, and things like that. People are, are diving into the word of God and going, God, I want to be shaped by this. There are these glimpses and, and we know there are these moments. And likewise, in any human relationship, there's probably moments where you have glimpsed the greatness of who this person could be. Some of the husbands out there, if you are married and you have a wife, there are moments where you have glimpsed the radiance of who God created your wife to be. And we all have a choice. Will we love the person close to us? Maybe it's a, in this case. That, will we love our wife because of who we know God has created them to be? Or will we choose to focus on the faults and, 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 the, and, the, and the blemishes and the not quite yet, not there yet? Here's the thing. When we love the way Jesus loved, we create a glorious future. But when we love the way humanly we selfishly want to operate, which is, you know what? Um, there's a lot, I see a lot of faults in the church and the church isn't that great. And to be honest, the church isn't worth my time, my love, my sacrifice. You, in, you instead just allow this future to become a reality. And when you do this in human relationships and you just focus on people's faults and you focus on what they're not getting right, Instead of loving them into this glorious future that God created for them, we end up through our criticism and our complaining not not loving them forward at all. I, I just love this verse. I love this reality that we can actually love a great and glorious future into being. And the way you love a great and glorious future into being is you choose not to focus on the faults. You choose to live sacrificially, loving a person, God's church. You choose to love the future into being. And love is sacrifice. We could say, you want to know what makes a glorious future a reality? Sacrifice. Selfless sacrifice can make a glorious future a reality. But the more we focus on what we want from something or the more we uh, focus on faults and things, it might feel good in a moment to focus on faults because that's easy. But the more we choose to love sacrificially, we can create a different future. Love makes things radiant. Love makes things glorious. And we have to choose if we want to create a different future. How do we just live a life of love? Sacrificial love, and seeing with eyes that see what God envisions in the future. You know the 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 last. Um, you know we're gonna look at one more idea here, but what I, I I want you to maybe think about this. What I love is we start to look at the forces that help create this future. You know, words and the way we speak makes it a possibility but it's love that can make it a reality. And it's the choosing to live sacrificial lives of love. And the, the third, we're gonna look at one more force. This one's the tallest, because that's how my diagram is working. But it's, the, I don't know if it necessarily is like the most powerful or anything, but it is definitely needed. And I'm gonna say this, we get to persevere the future into reality. I don't think that's a proper sentence, but we're gonna use it, okay? Hopefully you get what I mean. That we can actually persevere the future into reality. Hebrews chapter 10, one of many verses that tries to focus us on not giving up, on not um, quitting. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 is talking about the church. And at this point in the church's history, they were experiencing lots of persecution and lots of reasons to quit and to give up and to say, let's not go for that future because to be honest, there's a lot of uh, persecution and things that are tough. And Hebrews ten twenty three says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together. Let's not give up. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You know, I, I love this verse because it reminds us that, you know what, one of the reasons, you know, sometimes we could start out and we're speaking about a great future and we want to get there. And we might even start trying to love our way and we're willing to sacrifice for it and all of those things. But at some point, the great, one of the great uh, challenges, maybe a downward motion on this, is we start to grow too disappointed in that gap that we've talked about. And it's in that space that one of the great, greatest temptations that will keep us just staying on this line is we end up just kind of wanting to quit. You know he's saying here we gotta let's not give up meeting together, yeah, because you know what will happen once you speak a great and amazing future, you set yourself up for something this side of eternity, and that is this disappointment. Disappointment is a real reality, and because of that disappointment, too often God's people can give up. Too often, any person gives up. It's often the gap. It's the disappointment. I thought it was going to be like this. I thought we were moving towards it. You know, sometimes people say they think the church is hypocritical. And they think that the church is hypocritical because it's like the church presents or articulates, though, to be like this radiant bride in whatever form that takes. A person thinks church acts like they're so good. But the church is not hypocritical. The church would only be hypocritical if we tried to pretend we were already that radiant bride. That would be hypocritical to pretend and act like that had happened. But the church holds on to a a vision for the future of who God created us to be. The church isn't hypocritical, but at times the church is very disappointing because we hold on to a great... Vision of who God created us to be, but we live with the reality that we are not there yet. And so when you have to live with that tension, you have two choices. And one is to quit and to give up and say, let's not keep meeting together. It is all too hard. It's not that great. That's option one, to quit. The other option is simply to persevere. Don't give up meeting together. Keep holding on to that great glorious future. You know, I love... The, this idea that we can just sometimes persevere the future into reality. So, I, I think so often, and this is true, if you go back to Ephesians 5, this is true of human relationships. It's true of, of any endeavor, any vision you set your sights on. At some point, the single greatest thing you have to do is just persevere and just keep going. Because once you let go of that, it's just boom, right back down, to the way things have always been. Here's what I really believe. God has a great and glorious future. He has a great and glorious future for you, for me, for his church. And he invites us into the process of creating that future. And that process starts with the words we begin to speak. And that process is all about being willing to loving that future into being. And at so many points on that journey, the most important thing you can do is just to not give up and just to persevere and encourage one another. You know, I think it's such a beautiful, remarkable thing over the challenging season that's been the last few months. Uh, Of all of you, you've continued to meet together different ways online, finding different ways. Going, let's just keep on encouraging each other. We don't give up on God. We don't give up on his church. We don't give up on the future he has for us just because things got a little bit hard. And I just want to encourage you in that because you've done amazing at it. It's an amazing thing. This is a a little snapshot of how I think we create. uh, Not We don't just want to let 2030 happen. We want to create that future. And you know what? I don't know yet all the things we need to speak here into being. I really don't. I don't know yet what exactly all the loving it into reality will look like. I do know persevering is just a given. But my hope is that, you know what, as a church, how do we continue to actually figure this out? What do we need to speak into reality? What do we need to love into reality? And are we ready for the journey of persevering together in that reality and encouraging one another and encouraging each other all the more as we see the day approaching? Here's what I want you to do today. Would you ask yourself this one reflection question? Uh, of these three forces, speaking the future into reality, sacrificially living selflessly to create that future in the reality, or persevering towards that reality, which of those three do you find most challenging? Or which of those three, better yet, might God want to just whisper something to you about? Maybe he wants to whisper some encouragement. Maybe he wants to whisper to you, you know what, you're doing a great job of the way you're speaking about the future. You know, you might be somebody who's watching this and you made kind of a a choice that I'm not going to focus on complaining or being critical or all those things. And maybe God wants to encourage you. You're doing well in that today. I'm so proud of you. Or maybe you'll go, you know what, God wants to say, you know what, if you would start to take some strides in here and speaking in different ways, it'd be amazing the different future you could create. Or maybe you've examined your heart and go, you know what, I want, to be more, I want to love more sacrificially. I don't want to think about what's in it for me. I don't want to think about what's deserving of my love. I'm just going to choose to start to lay my life down more for others. Or maybe you know your propensity is to give up when the going gets tough and you just want to pray today, God, Holy Spirit, help me to be someone who perseveres. Help me to be someone who keeps on going. Which of those three, if you could pick one of those three and say, you know what, I want more of that in my life, which one would you want today? And I want to pray that God would make it more of a reality in your life. Because I really believe that when we actually step into these things, when God's people rise up as people who are not content to just receive the world as it comes to us, but who actually speak possibility into being. When God's people become those who do not love because we believe someone deserves our love, but who sacrificially love people in this world for who God has created it to be. And when God's people are not those who quit and give up and go back, but are those who hold on and all the more as we see the day approaching, we can create a great glorious future with God. The future he invites us into. Why don't you take a moment and invite the team to come up and sing one more song for us in just a moment. But as they come on up, I want to pray for you specifically. And so I'm going to pray. uh, And I want you to have one of these in mind right now. I want you to pick one word that you're just going to say a simple prayer in your heart to say, God, this is, I want more of this in my life. And so you just right where you make it a simple, like, God, I, I want to, I want to speak the future into being. I want to love the future into being. I want to persevere the future, whichever one it is for you. Pray that quietly in your own heart. And then I'm going to pray especially for us all. Would you bow with me? Creator God, the one who spoke the universe into existence, God, today I pray that every person listening as they connect with you would step just a little bit more into who you've created them to be. Someone made in your image. Someone whom you have called here in your, in your good world, who you have called them to be a part of creating the future as you see it. And so, God, I want to pray right now for every person who said to you today, I want to speak differently. God, I want to pray you'd release something into their heart, something of your Holy Spirit that would enable them to see possibility, to see beyond what currently is. And that, God, your Holy Spirit would begin to reshape the way they think and speak so that they would not be bound by what has been, but could be a part of creating what you imagine to be. God, I pray for those who today say, God, I want to love the future into being. I pray that you would enable them through the power of your Holy Spirit to live a life of sacrificial love. That, Lord, you'd you'd be able to show them, as you so often show me, when they're falling into the trap of self-centeredness, that they might live a selfless kind of love. And God, I pray for those who are asking you today for more strength to persevere, to not quit, to not give up. I pray that through your Holy Spirit, you would strengthen resolve and you would give encouragement. You bring people around them who'd encourage them. But God, I pray that your people would always be of those who don't give up and turn back, but who go forward, never giving up on who you've called us to be in this world. And so, God, I pray that even today, your Holy Spirit will be making greater and greater futures possible for every one of your people and for your church in this world, in Jesus' name, amen.